Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran Philadelphia-bred jazz drummer Vince Ector. We talked about his new 2023 CD, the Vince Ector Organatomy Trio Plus, live at the side door. Coming from Philadelphia, he attended the University of Pennsylvania, trained in music beginning at the age of nine. He, he went on to get private instruction from the likes of the great Ralph Peterson Jr., along with performing for six years as a percussionist with the United States Army Band. Over the years, he's been around the best in jazz, like Freddie Hubbard, Randy Weston, James Moody, Slide Hampton, Ron Carter, and Jimmy Heath. We talk about now, the future, and so much more. Enjoy this interview hey man how you doing vince hector what's up my man what's happening let me how start you doing let me make sure my background is up yeah okay i don't want you there to see we go my how you doing man i like it uh, hey i'm good man it's great to meet you you too joe you know it's funny we kind of met uh, uh over the internet so this is the first time i think we've met face to face so likewise yeah 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 my my friend john bedoin his brother steven john bedoin is one of my dearest oldest friends we started in journalism together back in the early 90s. So he told me I'm at the Red Door and I'm seeing these cats that are just grooving. I'm like, dude, you're in Major League Jazz area. Just turn it off and get in. And he was just <laughs> digging it and getting into it. And then I have your autographed copy on my 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 desk. It's been oh, full circle. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Such a That's really an interesting story, man. So it's such a pleasure to be here today. Yeah. So, I like your background. It's funny. It, I know it's it's Kansas City, but yes, it, 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 one of those buildings looks like Philadelphia. So, like, we have like a dual uh, dual city city thing happening. Looks like I'm, one of the, the main buildings there. <laughs> okay. So, I was just talking to someone yesterday from Philly, and I said, "There's a grit and there's a determination, especially with sports, that's very akin between KC and Philly. It Absolutely. just is." You know, so that I'm a visual artist. So that's a painting I did a while back. And then, nice. and, and then I put the trumpet player kind of a miles meme, so to speak. So yeah, that's my, uh, sure. my stuff. But yeah, man, it's, I, I keyed in on that, man. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you won that Super Bowl though. Man, let me <laughs> tell you something. Game, let me, let me tell you something right now. Never Ooh. ever tell a Kansas City team that they can't win. Don't get everybody betting against you because it's going to turn around. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I took some solace into knowing that my dear friend Bobby Watson had that win under his belt. So, of course, you know, we called him right away and, and, and you know, congratulated him. But it was a great day, man. And, you know, I've always had a real love for Kansas City, uh, you know, many times coming there on behalf of Bobby and, yeah. and just going from the airport to Gates Barbecue and getting the barbecue and eating Amen. something, going to the hotel to, to take a nap before sound check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that that barbecue will knock you out. <laughs> it sure will. It, it's funny because I still order the sauce here in oh, New Jersey where I live, and I, I have two bottles right now waiting for the for the grill to spark up in a few weeks. So very nice. Yeah, very man. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Bobby is the king of Kansas City. To have an ambassador like him. He has created so much good in this town with all the, all the, you know, all of the players that he's taught. Absolutely. It just brought a whole crop. I mean, the, the good that he spread, not only in the world of jazz, but in the, 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 the atmosphere of music in this country and world. Unreal, absolutely. Man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Dear, my yeah. dear friend. So, yeah. So, you know, I'm sorry about the tissue. Actually, I just got off of the treadmill. So, okay. I can't you're stop good. This burn, which is good. 
Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it, it, there's nothing wrong with us sweating in the interview. It's all good. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm not nervous. I'm no, just, no, no, no. I had a really good workout. I, I, you know, I had to time it for ten. Well, it was ten thirty our time. Yeah, and I got off at ten eighteen, and I ran downstairs, took a shower, put the shirt on, and uh, I feel great. So, thank you for getting me out of bed early today. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining <laughs> me. And and I think the one thing I want to start off with is. You know, we all went through COVID and you had a live album that came out. It has to be triumphant, not only to have new material, but it's live and you're back. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because um, when I received that recording uh, from Ken Kitch- Kitchings over at uh, Side Door, I think I, I can't remember how far we were into the pandemic, but it was a, it was a few months. That, that gig was January uh, of 2020. So we had no clue, and we were building steam up from the previous recording theme for Miss P. So we were getting gigs. Again, I, you know, I mentioned this in the liner notes. If anyone actually gets the physical copy, they can read the liner notes where I talk about, you know, just the fact of finally having a release and going into the side door as a leader when, when having, you know, been been a performer there as a sideman for many years, many many years. And so it was a really big deal for me. And so. Part of what we do when we go out to these live audiences, at least what I do, is I try to present a little bit from each of the recordings that I have out because you have some fans that don't know the new stuff. They maybe they're two CDs behind. They have that one and they they might want to hear some. So what we did is we did a little compilation of uh, the Vince Sector songbook, per se, and uh, not knowing that this was actually going to turn out into a recording. And then when Ken sent it to me, I mean, you know, we were all in a really dark place and nothing was happening and we're stuck in the house and, and we're trying to think of these ways to, you know, just simply occupy our time. So I said, this is great. So of course, you know, with a live concert, Joe, the tunes are long. Yeah. Everyone takes a solo and you know, it's okay. It's okay. Sure. But I knew that we had to chop it down. So basically there's no, there's no mixing. It was straight to, to, uh, to from the board, but we had to chop the length of some tunes down. So maybe, you know, going over, getting the markers and saying, okay, we'll delete this solo to make it, you know, uh, radio, terrestrial or extraterrestrial friendly, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's really all it took. But again, it took me probably a year. I would start it and I would stop. Yeah. Then I would start it and I would stop. It was just like, I could, then I try to write some new stuff and everything is like so dark and depressing. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm going to get this thing done. Fast forward down the line, uh, you know, Joey Francesco called me out of the blue. We, we hadn't played together in 20 years. We've known each other for, we knew each other for almost 30 years. So, uh, back in 2000, we did a record for, uh, Charles Erlin, who had passed. I, you know, was my longtime boss and first record date, first trip to Europe, Charles Erlin, the mighty burner who lived in Chicago, uh, at the time of his death. So. After he passed, we, we talked with the record label, uh, uh, High Note. Joe Fields was alive at the time and he really liked the idea. Charles was recording a lot for them over the years. And, and so we decided to do a tribute album. And, uh, so, you know, we laid these tracks down and I put one of my tunes on there. And I remember Charles always told me, have an extra tune because we are, we're always short, like always carry one of your tunes. And, you know, I had one of my own on there and I, and I had another for my wife. And so, wow, we're short. 
So I had our song and, you know, Eric Alexander, he's on it. Jim Rotundi, Bob DeVoe, <laughs> you know, Joey. And, and this, this is, this is the kicker. So Pat Martino's there. He's going to do two songs because they, South Philly, Pat Martino, South Philly, Charles Erland, South Philly, Vince Sector, Philly, Joey. Y- you see where I'm going. Yeah. So Pat, Pat had finished doing his, I think he did two tunes. Contracted to do two tunes and he's leaving, you know, so he hears this tune that my wife wrote and uh, he comes back. And he says, do you mind if I play on it? <laughs> of course not. So he plays on it and we, we lay it down. And, you know, when the record finally comes out, it winds up that tune winds up getting on Swiss air. That's no longer around. And I, my wife, Karen, she 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 did better than all of us on the recording <laughs> because of that song. But. Every time we would see Joey over the years, you know, he knew her from that time. She wasn't in the studio that day, but, you know, they had met on several occasions. He would look at her and say, you wrote that tune. <laughs> when are you going to put out another one? So it was like an ongoing joke between us. So back to the call, you know, Joey calls me, has some dates, you know, man, love to play together. Oh, fantastic, man. We go to uh, Tennessee. We do a festival. Then we, no, we go to, we, go to, we went to, yeah, Tennessee. Then we go to Philadelphia, our hometown, and we do a weekend there south. And then we go to, uh, Ronnie Scott's in England. And then we go to Portugal. And that's it. That's the last time that I see him. But during that tour, he kept encouraging me, you know, put this thing out, put it out, just get it out, get it out, man. You know, he has the organized show. He's like, I'll play it. Of course, man, great. My brother, my friend. He looks at the cover. There was some issues with the or, the type of organ because you know Joey designed organs. You know he was he was like more than just a musician. I mean he sure. was like an engineer too. So there was something that wasn't historically correct in the picture that my graphic artist had chosen for the cover. And he said, "No, that's a classical organ. You should change it." So we changed the cover, and we we you know we put out the liner notes had already been done. You know if I had thought about it then I would have asked him to actually write them. So anyway. Encouraged us to put it out. We finally got to the finish line and put it out. So it's just like a window into time, you know, right before, you know, we have some momentum and then the world stops. Guess what? I want people to go back to the clubs because, again, as we're going through the pandemic, you know, some musicians are working, but it's very strict. You have to be vaccinated. You need to wear masks. You need to be tested. As soon as you get there, people are not really comfortable coming out. Some are, most aren't. So, the, you know, of course, the crowds, you, you saw it in Kansas City, the crowds not there. So in a way, it, it was me encouraging the audience to remember what live music was and to come on out and support these clubs, some of some of which did not survive the pandemic. So that's the long and short of, the, you know, the story of uh, live at the side door. Yeah, you know, I interviewed Joey before he passed, and man, he was a transcendent cat. Like, there's certain people you talk to that just are in another level, and he was, man, he was unreal. I mean, it's Joey, it's he's a legend, but there, there, there's, there's just something about certain people that has a grasp on this reality that's just way, way above and beyond a regular handle. Absolutely. We definitely lost him too soon. And, and, and remember, he came up in the tradition of Philadelphia. So uh-huh. he got to see Don Patterson like me. He got to see Jimmy Smith, Shirley Scott. I mean, Jimmy McGriff. <laughs> he got to see everyone. And and folks that you never really heard of. 
yeah. you know, that really dealt with that instrument because we're in Philly, you know, at least during my developmental era, most joints, you know, joints, spots or clubs had an organ. Yeah. Yeah. There. Whether it was used all the time or not, it was, there was a B3 there. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Did, <laughs> yeah, sure. did, the, did the crowds feel different now? You know, you had an absence. It was really tough on the community. How does it feel to be live now? Good question. So let's see. Sunday, Sunday, this past Sunday, I did a show at uh, Smalls here in New York with uh, Bruce Williams, who's who's on two of my previous recordings. I'm on one of his. We're, you know, we're very good friends and, and uh, colleagues. Bruce does an annual birthday party show at Smalls every year. So we, we played there. It was full. People are coming out. There's, they're really, you know, I noticed like there's this, I think maybe I saw two folks with masks, which is cool. You know, if you, you know, folks are compromised, you have to do what you have to do. I mean, we know, we know folks that, that were lost from this pandemic. And, and sometimes, you know, you don't know what folks are going through as far as their health condition. And if they were to even catch a, a common cold, they could, you know, perish, unfortunately. So, but in, in that sense, you know, just a few. Uh, no problem, enthusiastic, but they're there. So even those folks that had to mask up, they're coming out again. They are coming out. So it, there's a shift now, and I'm hoping that we can continue the momentum. You know, things are not 100%. You, you know, there, there are still engagements being canceled or pushed forward uh, for what for whatever reason. And I do read a, a few things on social media where concerts are being canceled possibly because of, of health issues, you know, things that have happened, COVID or not, I don't I don't know, but it's a little different, but you know, folks is starting to really come out. I hope that's the fact that in in Kansas City. I hope that's happening there. Yeah. As well. It is, for sure. Yeah. Good. It's Good. it's opening up. There's a level of uh resurgence and I just feel you feel it in the room, which is a good thing. Yeah. And uh you know, just even talking to my friend John was up there was telling me the room was electric. You guys were on it. It was a level of just, you know, interacting and engaging because at the end of the day, that's really what the whole live element's all about. I think that's what everybody missed so much about this virtual thing. Jazz is something yeah. you need to be in the room. The energy, the particles, everything has to mince together. Sure, sure. And it's funny, John, John was there. He, he, I think he was at SOPAC, right? He came to SOPAC yeah. Yeah. where we did April. Yeah, so he really... That was surprisingly full. I think yeah. there was 88 seats there, you know, 88 seats for the room. And I think we, we had 80. So that was a big deal. And that was, you know, that was one of the, the, the few concerts that was built under my name. It was actually canceled COVID. I, we were supposed to do that March of 2020. Yeah. And so that was, that was actually the makeup concert. Three years later. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Wow. So, yeah, he, it was a special moment. And we yeah. featured Antonio Hart on that, as you know, who, uh, you know, another dear friend and colleague. And, uh, you know, he came out and, and, and really helped us out with that and, and just, just brought us to a, a different level. It's great. It's great when you get to perform with your friends. I mean, you know, folks, folks that you really enjoy being around. For us, it's not always just business. If you can really commune together with someone who you have a history with uh maybe you've traveled with before and laughed and joked and really you know 
know, know a little bit more about who they are as human beings, it really makes the music strong. So, you know, we, everyone that, that's in my ensemble, we can say that. I mean, from Pat to Paul to, to, uh, Bruce to Antonio to even Justin. I mean, you know, Justin Jones, who's featured on the, the, uh, disc, uh, because of Bruce Williams, uh, he had a, uh, I think he had a hernia or something like that. Something he had to get done. Do it. We do it over the holidays. We teach it to college. When do we have time to actually get something done on our own bodies? It's usually over the holidays. So it wasn't safe for him to play during that time. And as far as we knew, Joe was just a gig. It yeah. was an important gig, but we, we were not making a record. We're just going to go do this gig and he can't make it. Justin was prepared because he had studied with Bruce under, uh, over at, uh, um, uh, um, Juilliard, excuse me, brain crap, Juilliard, and uh, for years, and probably before that. So he was thoroughly prepared, and and it was there was a lineage there, you know, the grandmaster passing it down to his student, who who really took care of the business so much so that we were able to put out a a recording of it. So it's a big deal. Again, back to my point of. You know, community, community in the music as well. And hopefully, you know, folks can really feel that when they listen to it. You know, the one thing that's been so good about your career, like with this live album and other projects you've been on, you always evolve. What's been your key to longevity? I think my family. Yeah, I have to say my family. I mean, you know, my wife, my daughters, they keep me grounded. I mean, they really, you know, they, they, they keep me hopeful. They inspire me. They keep me healthy. They keep me uh, uh, grounded, which is very important. I, I'd have to say, yeah, that, yeah, my family. And then again, you know, all of them are artists. So <laughs> we all deal with similar challenges. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it can get really interesting. Yeah. The other day, my daughter called me from California and she had a dilemma. You know, a dilemma that most musicians want, which is she can't be in two places at one time. And fortunately, I, I was in the car with another dear friend and, and artist, uh, Myron Walden. And Myron is, <laughs> we're going to a concert. And so I said, let me just put you on speaker because I'm still dead. And so she lays the scenario out. So just the fact that we had, again, community, we're talking, Myron's giving his opinion, I'm giving my opinion. She was able to work it out. It worked out to the point where she was able to do both engagements that she really needed. And, and remember, I don't know if I mentioned that in the line of notes. Before the pandemic, she had just performed on Saturday Night Live, something I had never done, nor my wife. So the world and the career shut down for her big time as well. You know, imagine that you go and play Saturday Night Saturday Night Live. And then you're touring the world. She's playing Coachella, Bonnaroo. She played uh, Glastonbury, you know, in England. <laughs> so it was, yeah. And then nothing, nothing. You're at home watching Netflix. So anyway, yeah. uh, my family. Yeah, my family. Absolutely. My family. Yes. So, you know, the one thing that we all realized when we were away from this, you know, all of us dealt with it in a different way. But for the community, like you said, everything just melted away immediately. Now that we're back, which does it, I mean, when we were in this, we didn't know when it was going to end. And now we're coming out. I think there's a part of our brains that are in PTSD. We're like, wow, regular things are happening. What's going on? Because there was so much of this push and pull. All right. Everything's fine. 
Omicron comes in, there was all these variants. But now that we're back at it, and you've had a chance to evaluate and assess your existence as a musician, what do you like the best about being a professional musician? What is it that really gets you excited every day for what you get to do for a living? Unfortunately, I can't mute it at this point. But Oh, you're fine. I don't hear out. anything. It's good. <laughs> that, that's a landline, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. The cell is off. <laughs> that's old school, man. It's like an 8-track. Yeah, man. I know. I, I'm actually in my office. So like, we, we, there's some things we still have to maintain yes. in this uh, 21st century workspace that we have <laughs> so again uh I'm, I'm sorry for the distraction but you're fine so let's say as far as what's next for me or well i was i was wondering back. what do you like the best about being a professional musician what really okay thank you i think for me it, it, you know teaching i like to teach and then when i see students uh no matter what level they're on who, who, who actually go on to do really good things, not necessarily in, in the music industry, but just being successful. Like for instance, I, I run a nonprofit with my wife, Arts for Kids Inc. Actually, look, the name tag is still up because I was uh in a meeting uh before this and I had to rename my screen. So this is our organization. So I'll just highlight that. Uh and what we do is we go into schools and we present the arts with using professional teaching artists, folks that I know, folks that I've met. Uh, in music, dance, drama, visual art, technology, we do robotics and coding. We do, we do a lot. So sometimes I get to teach these classes myself. And when I walk in and I see a kid and they say, Hey, I remember you. I really like the class. Glad you're back. Or I did this. My mother took me to see a show and I was thinking about you. I mean, these little things, they add up in my mind. So for me to actually be able to go out and do this for a living as a performer, and also as an educator uh, at that level with Arts for Kids and also at, at Princeton University where I teach uh, college level students, seeing them go out and, you know, send me emails about their gigs or maybe they got a new job in, on the West Coast. And, you know, I'm not I'm not playing music professionally, but I'm doing gigs. And, you know, I, you know, to see their improvement, I'm really I've been practicing that 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 book and, and the stuff that you gave me. And I'm really, really excited that I'm able to do all of this. It's like an outlet for folks, too. So for me to be able to share that with other people is extremely, you know, it humbles me deeply. And I feel like I have to give back to the community because I'm being blessed by being able to go and get on a plane and go to places that I can't I couldn't even pronounce, you know, when I was their age, you know, Bratislava, Slovakia, you know, Tivat, Montenegro, uh uh, uh, Belgrade, Serbia. I mean, I've been to some really interesting places that you wouldn't normally buy a ticket for vacation. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, Japan is fantastic, but if you, if you, if you save enough money, you can go to Japan, but you probably wouldn't pick some of these other areas unless you had a real purpose. And that's what makes it special because I'm exposed to things that. I wouldn't normally be exposed to and that my parents weren't exposed to. And a lot of people that I grew up with were never able to be exposed to. But then I can also post about it and share that with them, you know, pictures and, and moments. So I think that's what I enjoy the most. Yes. Yes. It, it's funny. You, it's <laughs> fun, Yeah. You, it's funny. You mentioned Serbia. My son's really into the NBA. And when the Nuggets won, he loves Jokic and, 
There was a clip yeah. this morning where he was lamenting the fact that he had to do the parade because he's ready to go home. He wants to go home. Right. And and Miles is like, my son's name is Miles for obvious reasons. And he was like, yeah. so wh- where is he going? Serbia. What's he going to do? I don't know. <laughs> he's going to see family. I don't know what he's wow. going to do in Serbia. And I'll tell you something. I, I was in Montenegro last year and there were Serbian musicians there. Wow. Those cats can play. Man, the, the spread. Can, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, I have no doubt. There, yeah. uh, there, I've talked to a lot of people around the world that you wouldn't expect it's going on. That just uh-huh. shows the global reach and spread and the torch yeah. of this this unique art form that's gone all over the world, man. Yeah. You know? Shout out to shout out to uh Drum Booty. There's a there's a group there, close really good friend of mine who's a drummer. I know it's a funny name, but it's great. I love it. Yeah, I have totally. A there. These cats came in there and they handled the business. Let me tell you. <laughs> really great. So it's, it's funny. That was that was my second interaction with musicians from uh, Serbia. Years ago, I had gone to Belgrade with the uh, uh, Dizzy Gillespie All-Star uh, Ensemble. And James Moody was on that tour with us and Slide Hampton. And we did the uh, Belgrade Jazz Festival. And I, I'm pretty sure Terrence Blanchard was the uh, artist in residence that year. So his band was there. And we got to do a workshop uh, in the community with, uh, you know, college level students of music and it man it was so rewarding they, they sounded great they had great attitude and, and at that time they were still telling us stories about the war and how they would go to the roofs of their apartment buildings and watch the mortars rain down while they would cook dinner on barbecue grills wow. our driver t- told us that story so this was right after that had subsided but it was in the same year so to to overcome things like that and you know really dig into the music it, it's it's beautiful so it is yeah our Belgrade yeah. story yes yeah. tell tell Miles yeah yeah <laughs> yes. so yeah absolutely so you read my mind before you were talking about what's next tell me where people can pick up the CD the best place and anything that's going okay. on in your world before we get out here sure so what I want to do can I share my screen yes sir. Okay, what I did is I put my website up. Here we go. Let me see. It's almost there. And let me know if you can see it once we get it there. Okay. You just say host is say okay. Okay. Disable. Yeah, just enable screen sharing. If not, then if you could pull up www.vincector.com is my homepage and it has the recording there. You can go to Bandcamp and get it. It's it's being distributed now. I think there's a few hard copies left on Amazon, but I have a, I have a new distributor, so that's going to start going into uh, any brick and mortar around the country. You can also, if you want a hard copy, you can also just email me. Okay, uh, and I will I will uh, arrange that sign a signed copy and, and cover the postage as okay. well. Or if you're in this area and you see my performance schedule, which is also on the website, come out to a gig and I'll, and I'll sign it. So it's www.vinceector.com. And I'll put and, that in the notes. I'll make sure okay. that's front yes. and center. Absolutely. Yes, cool. And then, you know, so it's on the streaming platforms, but as you know, Apple Music is, is only going to show me uh, enough to get a, a, a piece of candy at the yeah. corner store, but yeah. it's fine. I, and what I tell folks is this. Some still have CD players, some don't. Buy the CD and then download it on the internet for free and share it with a friend. 
Yeah. Uh, but the signature, that's valuable because yeah. when I'm going, you're going to want to sell that CD. If yeah. You might be able to get about 10 grand for it, too. That's right. <laughs> At least. <laughs> yes, sir. So I got one of those. Everyone out there in jazz land, <laughs> I got one, and it's coveted. So you need to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joe. <laughs> it's great to be here, man. Yeah, man. Vince, thank you very much. It's great to see you. Best of luck with everything. It's so good to see you cats out swinging. So keep swinging hard, man. Thank you. And folks in Kansas City, let your venues know. Bring Vince Hector out there. We'll yeah. come to Kansas City. We can do a live show and... I always love the energy, and I have to get my Gates barbecue fix. I'm sorry. 100%, so, man. Let the Gates family know I'm thinking about them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Brian's hey. too. I like them as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Philadelphia, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Vince for his time, cool, and energy. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.